And Steiner said that uh, in one of his writings, he spoke about the bees and he said that there are actually two evolutions from humans, two evolutions ahead of humans. And I don't know what both of them are, but I know that one of them was their amazing way of dealing with community, of being thoroughly in community, which is something mm -hmm. that humans haven't grasped yet. We, we mm -hmm. know it's up there, etherically we know it's there, but we haven't chose to move into living it yet. And bees live thoroughly in the in the realm of community. Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sanyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciant and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and in embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. Hello, dear friends, Chai Tanya here, and welcome to episode five of season three. I am so excited to introduce this episode. Sanyasi Shivani got to sit in conversation with Jacqueline Freeman, a biodynamic farmer, natural beekeeper, and author of Song of Increase, and co-author of What Bees Want. Jacqueline's unique relationship with the bees is the perfect example of yoga ecology when we look to nature for answers and for connection with the divine. Jacqueline speaks eloquently about the community consciousness of bees and the messages she has received by listening to the wisdom of these fascinating beings. If you haven't already, we invite you to listen to episode eight in season one in where Sanyasi Shivani teaches us about yoga ecology. We will put the link in the show notes and enjoy. So, hello everybody. Today, my amazing guest is Jacqueline Freeman, author of Song of Increase and co-author of What Bees Want. Um, such a beautiful book. I'm so excited about talking with you. Thank you for your time, Jacqueline. My pleasure, really. I was so excited because normally I am interviewed by beekeepers. And when right. I saw this is going to have a different focus, I was just so super excited about it. Yeah, well, I'm as, as I said, just before we started recording, um, understanding consciousness from a yogic perspective and ashram life from a yogic perspective, um, your book has so many parallels and so many gems 
of the teachings, the teachings of truth, bridging that gap in what we would call yoga ecology of looking to nature for the examples and the answers and the, and the connection with the divine that I was just like, I really want to, I really want to meet this woman. I really want to. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> you know, Rudolph said, I come from a background in, in uh, anthroposophic thought and biodynamic farming, which is the, uh, the ground of Rudolf Steiner. And Steiner said that uh, in one of his writings, he spoke about the bees and he said that there are actually two evolutions from humans, two evolutions ahead of humans. And I don't know what both of them are, but I know that one of them was their amazing way of dealing with community, of being thoroughly in community, which is something mm -hmm. that humans haven't grasped yet. We, we mm -hmm. know it's up there. Etherically, we know it's there, but we haven't chose to move into living it yet. And bees live thoroughly in the in the realm of community mm -hmm. so many lessons they have yeah yeah the the concept from in your book from the beast perspective of the super consciousness of being born as pips um and having having the first idea identification of consciousness being the collective and then moving into the individual whereas as you've just said humans are actually one step behind that where we come in as individual move into the collective and then we'll shift into the amalgamation of of both of those of how to actually live in service shine within the whole um is really is really really beautiful We've got a lot to learn from that flip. I thoroughly agree. And I think, you know, what you're speaking about there, the first moment of the pips, when a baby bee is born, it comes into the world and immediately is, is born into the consciousness of community and turns around and starts taking care of the new babies that are about to be born. It's mm -hmm. immediately service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not um, there and take care of me. It's, you know, how can I help? What can I do? And it's not yeah. even a question. It's an understanding. This is how I help. This is what I do. Yeah. The, um, from a chakra perspective, the bees are connected to uh, Manipura chakra, which is uh, connected to the archetype of Vishnu or the sustainer. Um, and so Vishnu is the God of the bees from a yogic perspective. And as I know, you listened to the episode of the story of the bird and the bees that was directly my experience of, of being attacked by a hive, by no fault of the hive, they mistook me for the bird that disturbed their hive, but um, of that blessing of the anti-inflammatory. Story, I loved it. Sorry? That story you did? wonderful. That was just so, I said, yes, I want to talk with this woman. <laughs> Bless. It was such a pivotal, I mean, obviously it was a pivotal moment in my life, but to understand that the blessings of 80 bee stings from the neck up was to reroute my fire of, and in the fire aspect of the human spine is service versus my will, right? How to come into thy will versus my will. And so the bees are this vehicle of anti-inflammatory for this shift of consciousness and that is directly what I experienced from that, from that moment of, 
of that um, uh, experience of being of, of being stung so many times from the neck up, but knowing even in the moment that this is going to be one of the biggest blessings. And of course, bees being the totem of fertility um, is what I experienced. Now we have our son whose middle name is Madhu, which means honey, um, because he, come, he came from the bees. So um, the, one of the passages, one of the little passages that I absolutely loved, and it was actually in one of the, uh, in our own words, um, connection in the book, it's on page 92, um, was this concept of the trails that the bees and this, this concept of having this web of connection, this invisible web of connection between all living things and this web of protection um, and, and the way that they bring in the beekeeper, if the beekeeper is in alignment um, into that web of frequency of protection, I just thought was absolutely beautiful. I'd love to read just a couple of sentences here. The trails we leave uh, in the ether are webs of protection over the earth. Each distance we travel between hive and flower is enlivened. That's why we travel so far because a closer distance would leave gaps or holes in the natural world. We enliven the green world. It is our charge. And when I read that, I was just like, like what a gift to be able to live in the web of light of the bees. And I was hoping you could speak a little bit more to that about what your experience is of and maybe how the flowers even speak to the bees about when to make connection and when to not. And when they are flying out from their hives, you know, I look at it like, like you're seeing it from above and each, each time a bee flies out from a hive, it's, you know, there out to the flowers and back again and out to the flowers and back again. And a group of them go, you know, out to the flowers and back again, specifically, you know, they're this the day they're seeking lavender. So the whole lavender contingent is doing, is reinforcing this flight line over and over. Then there's another mm -hmm. group that goes out and says, I'm doing pear blossoms today. And they're doing this so that from above, what you're seeing is this, these stars, these radiating, um, directions that are going out and that's part part of that is when the bee flies over that there's the blessing on the land that happens mm -hmm. there's a there's a blessing that happens from their daily activity of flying out and flying in but there's also the blessing of of awakening in the earth um these magnetic i guess i could call them magnetic these um points that enliven the flow of, of energy on the earth too is mm -hmm. intimately connected to it. And part of the mating mm -hmm. rituals are, are connected that way as well. Yeah, can you speak to that about the vortexes within the land that actually resonate at the frequency so the drones and the queens know where, where to go? Yes, um, when a, and this is just magnificent <laughs> information. One day I was out in my yard and we live on acreage, we have a farm, so we have acreage. And I was out and I noticed that there was a, a bee and I picked it up, it was a dead bee and it was a drone and the drone had exploded his genitalia. Um, I knew immediately what that was. That was a, a drone, a boy who was mating with a virgin queen. And what happens is um, actually, 
Let me explain a little bit of the background on that too. Please, please do. You a virgin queen. She's about to come out and become mated. And you have all of these boys, the drones. And the drones don't do any tasks in the hive. They're not nectar collectors. They're not pollen makers. They're not, they don't care for the babies. They, their one job is to find and mate with the queen and pass on his, his genetic knowledge, mingle it with the new queen. And then that starts a whole new genetic line. Um, and what they do is every morning, so this time of year, we're in the beginning of May. This is the time of year when this starts to happen, May, June, July. The drones will go out every day. Um, they only live uh, less than a month. They live less than a month, maybe a, a little bit longer. They go out and they look for a virgin queen. So every day, the boys, the drones, come out to the front of the hive about, say, about 11 o'clock in the morning. They're not mm -hmm. early risers. Um, they come <laughs> out and, and they look around and they have these enormous eyes. The eyes are so out of scale with the, with the size and shape of a regular bee. They have these enormous eyes because they're looking at a different spectrum of light. What they're wow. looking at is a, is a place in the earth called the drone congregation area, or as the bees call it, a scarp, S-C-A-R-P. The mm -hmm. scarp is a place where there's an, an acupressure point in the earth. And the mating ritual that the bees do go through wakes up this acupuncture point. It's like the mm -hmm. earth acupuncture point. So the drone comes out and looks around and goes, oh, there's the scarp right there. It's just a beam of light coming out of the earth. And they all fly out there and they spend the entire day um, from about 11, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning waiting for the queen, to, the virgin queens to come out. They don't do this by sitting on the ground waiting either. They find a place that's about two or three or four, maybe even 500 feet up in the air. And all the drones from all different hives come to this one place. And they're all just just spinning and lazy. Really? They fly all day at like four or 500 feet. Yep. And they're just flying these um, figure eights in the air. So wow. there must be some relevance to yoga with doing that, that motion too, because I think of it as so specific. Anyway, so they're all up there. And then a virgin queen will come out. She only has to mate once um, with a few, queen, a few drones. Or she may come back and do it two or three times. But once she's made it, she's done. So she comes out and she has a pheromone that expresses off of her a scent that says she's a virgin queen. And what mm -hmm. she does, this is so amazing. She starts out kind of flying over to where that, that acupuncture point is. And then when she gets to the bottom of it, she's flying just maybe, oh, say 50 feet above the ground until she gets right over the point. And then she goes vertical and she flies so fast. She flies straight to the sun. Mm -hmm. she, this is about noontime. So it's right when the sun is directly overhead. She blasts through the boys. So say they're at 500 feet. She blasts through them and they all inhale her scent and take off after her. And right. only the strongest, fastest. Only drone. the fastest. Yeah. Yep. They, they're the ones that are the most progressed in their energetics, mm -hmm. the most progressed in their physical body. And they fly straight up after her, chasing her, chasing her, chasing her. And one of them will catch on. 
this is, it, it, just imagine this. One of them catches on to her and inserts his, his penis. He ejaculates. And as soon as he ejaculates, he's fulfilled his mission. He has no more purpose to, in life. He fulfills his mission, falls over backwards, and his penis breaks off in her. And wow. he falls to earth. So that morning when I went out and I found this little penis, uh, this little drone with his penis exploded, I knew immediately what happened, that he, mm -hmm. he, was, he was one of the ones who got to pass on his seed, one of the lucky ones that continued a line. Right. Anyway, so she continues flying up. She's, she's flying vertical straight to the sun. She's flying that way because she has a message to deliver to the sun about mm -hmm. the state of the earth. Mm -hmm. And that's what she's doing. She's focused on this flying, flying higher, higher, higher. Mm -hmm. The next drone that catches up to her will just remove the phallus in air, grabs onto her, removes the phallus, and then he mates with her. And the same thing repeats itself. She may mate with 10 drones as she's still on her vertical flight. Wow. She may, um, she may mate if she comes back and does it on another day and another day, she may made as many as uh, say 20 drones, 15, mm -hmm. 20 of them. And anyway, let me finish this part out. I'll come back to the other, the, the sequence. So she finally has enough, she's full. She's full, she turns and she flies back. Now there's an interesting thing that happens. Why don't all the boys go chase her then? Because now she's flying slower and she's coming down towards the earth speed mm -hmm. because a, a drone can't, ex a drone's penis only comes out when the G-force of the flight vertical pushes on him. So does that make really? sense? Really? <laughs> so That's he has awesome. to be in the act of passion for his penis to emerge. And as soon as she turns and flies and goes, you know, okay, I'm done and flies this way, there's no point in chasing her because his penis won't show itself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's a lot right. to learn there. <laughs> <laughs> Such a beautiful ritual. Anyway, she turns and she flies back. So they lose interest because it's the combination of a pheromone of a virgin queen and a fast flying queen flying vertical. Yeah. She's also, she turns and goes back because she's done. She's full. Yeah. They have deposited all their sperm in her and she's got. This just is amazing to me. She's got enough sperm in her to mother, to create 1,500 new babies a day for five years. Wow. <laughs> I mean, she lays more eggs. She lays enough eggs that she can lay her body weight in eggs in one day. That doesn't even How make it it does yep. not, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Yep. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Stay, she's ready to do that again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So, so I've got two questions out of that, out of that story. This is just, this is just rocks my world. This is like totally my jam. Um, area scarps stay in the same place and can you perceive where they are? Um, at other times of year, or or do they only activate with only the bees? In the 
Only in spring do they activate the earth acupuncture point. That's what you're asking, and, right? And do you, yeah. And do you know where they are in your area? Like, do they stay the same every year or? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, we have one scarf that's on our land. That's how, and I, I could stand underneath it and see a little, you know, see a little dead drone falling down. Happiest can be fulfilled his mission in life. His purpose has been right. fulfilled and he's, and I found like a little cluster a grouping of little dead drones with their reproductive parts exploded. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible ejaculation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, so, yeah. it's so beautiful in that it's in full service to the divine mother as the queen bee, right? Yeah. Like it's, it has to align to her or it's just not going to happen. It's not an, it's not this um, personal drive. It's the drive for the mission rather than, you know, even though the action on the outside can look the same I and mean, he's still passing on his genetics and yada, yada, yada. But the impetus, the, the foundation of the action is completely different. And I think that that's something we're going to start to see shift as the divine masculine comes into right balance within humanity that we, we're going to see this, change now there was something else in the book and and please forgive me if i've got this slightly yeah, wrong but i'm yeah, not to there the the drone is not like some people hear that story and they think oh they sacrificed their lives there's no sacrifice there there's a fulfillment yeah the, it's completion fulfillment is is what activates the earth acupuncture points again and the earth uh -huh. carries one for another year there's no sacrifice yeah that at all and i think that's really important to say that that's it's fulfillment not sacrifice sacrifice yeah. implies a loss and it's, it's yeah. a key. yeah 100 um when i think there is a part in the book where you speak about how i think it's the drones that don't mate because they don't die um then almost become the storytellers um, to is, other hives. This is one of the incredible the things. Yeah. When I Can first you speak started, to that? yes, I'd love to, um, each hive. So I have a number of hives scattered about our farm and they're strange looking hives because I don't really, I'm, I'm not interested in production beekeeping. I'm not interested in, I don't even gather honey. Um, I'm interested in giving them habitat and having them live happy, fulfilled lives. Mm -hmm. So, um, excuse me if I track off, you have to keep focusing back on because okay. I, when I wrote this book, one of the things that was the hardest about it was I couldn't figure the chronology of it. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, what, what would you need to know to understand this and this and this? And I finally mm -hmm. realized that the book was holographic, that all parts take place at once. So mm -hmm. it was kind of a, uh, a sequencing because everything was inter interconnected with everything else. Nothing could be mm -hmm. set up in a line. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what question was I going to answer there? <laughs> the shamanic story telling uh, yes, of the okay. drones. So yeah. Here's what happens when you, I would go up and I'd, I'd be watching my bees. I spend, I've spent over a thousand hours just watching bees and I watch them and I noticed that you have a front door that has um, an opening in it. And inside that opening, bees can freely go in and out, bringing in the nectar and the pollen and um, 
but if a bee from a different hive comes and tries to go in, then a guard bee will come out and go, you know, sniff, sniff. Uh, you don't smell like our hive. You smell a little different. Every hive has a different smell signature. And mm -hmm. that, that guard bee will come out and go, you know, no, this door is closed to you. This is mm -hmm. inside of here. This is, we're the only ones that get, can go into this door. So that made sense. And I'd see a queen, uh, excuse me, I'd see a bee, a honeybee land on the front porch and <laughs> and the guard bee would come out and she'd go, yeah, yeah, I know you knew. <laughs> and she'd fly off. You know, it's like they'd test him anyway, because one of the things that can happen is if, if a hive is weak and it doesn't have a good entrance, a, a good guard set up on the front door, then the other, another hive can come and rob them. Raid, raid the hive, yeah. Yeah, and actually I've I've come to realize that it's not the awful thing that I first thought. It's like, why are you being so mean? Why are you coming in and trying to steal their honey? But actually what they're doing is they're in service again to the community. What they're doing is taking a weak hive out of the system. Mm -hmm. So if a hive is there and its guard system is not set up well, that means something is off in the hive. There's so many mm -hmm. different tasks and jobs. And if some bees are distracted and some can't do this and so, then there's something scrambled in the system. Mm -hmm. And the bees in service to the earth community remove weak bees from the system. Right. So anyway, I'd be watching bees and I'd go, you know, yep, that bee goes in, that bee goes in, that bee goes in, that bee get kicked out. And it, they know, they know when they get checked at the door. But then I'd see a drone would land on the front doorstep and just hello and walk in. And that I'd, I'd see the same drone would fly over to another hive and walk right through the front door. And I started, I started watching for this, watching like, what? That doesn't, that defies logic. Right. When a drone comes in, this is a, a large male, a drone comes in and he immediately there's, there's only three places you can be inside of a hive you can be in the honey room making mm -hmm. nectar into honey you can be in the pollen room which is where you're dropping off the pollen that you just carried in on your body and that gets made into baby food so there's those two places or the third place is the nursery where all the little mm -hmm. babies are now <laughs> in my logic i'd go wait a minute these drones aren't going to the they aren't going to the pollen room. They're not going to the nectar room to make honey. They're going straight to the nursery. These are strangers. Mm. This is like, you know, alarm should be going off and everything. Not at all. Peace reigns. And this is one of the things that I asked the bees about. Uh, now that's, a, that's not saying it the right way. I don't ask them about anything. They tell me something. Sometimes mm -hmm. I do ask a question. Rarely do they answer me. <laughs> they tell me what I need to know to understand right. something rather than what I curiously like to know. Right. But that was one of the lessons that they imparted was that the males, the drones, when they go in, they have a second mission. It's to fulfill the, um, the opening up and, and activating the earth acupuncture points by mating with the queen. That's the reproductive one. But the other one is that they come in, and I love this. They come in and they sing, you know, their name says it, drone. They say mm -hmm. drone. 
It's sound. a charming sound. And when they do that, they come in and they sing songs to the babies as they're being born. This mm. is so exquisitely beautiful. What they're doing is they're conveying the information about all these in all places at all time. It's really the song of creation. And there's this mm -hmm. beautiful song that happens, you know, in Aboriginal tribes, when a baby is being born, a human baby is being born, the tribe comes in and gathers around and sings the song of creation. And they believe that if a child is being born and no one is singing the song of where we've come from and where we're going, that person lacks the knowledge to carry mm -hmm. forth in the world. They're just born, hello, and it's all new yeah. and there's, there's no learning that is that comes with it. So mm -hmm. that's what the drones are doing. They're singing the song of creation, the song that, that, that spells out to the bee, the baby bee being born. This is where we come from. And this is where we're going to. In the meantime, the maidens, the female bees, the what we what we people call worker bees, although that's not how the bees reference themselves. Mm -hmm. Bees, um, they are doing about twenty different tasks inside the hive, and in that doingness, they make another sound. It's the sound of industry. It's the sound of you know processing the the pollen into baby food or processing the nectar into honey or cleaning up the janitor bees are coming in and cleaning um, someone else is preparing wax structure of the home. You know, there's a dozen tasks, 20 tasks plus going on all the time. And the bees, mm -hmm. the bees being born are, are listening to what the drones are imparting, the song of where we've come from and where we're going to. And in the meantime, it's all interspersed, layered with the sound that the female bees, the maidens are doing, which is, this is today, this is now, this is the now moment, and this is what we do. So there's a beautiful roundness to this, the past and the future that the drones are imparting and the present that the mm -hmm. maidens, the worker bees are, are uh, expressing to the babies. I love that. Tune in next week for the second half of this intriguing interview with Jacqueline Freeman. They will be discussing the healing qualities and frequencies of bees and how human potential can evolve if we learn from the consciousness that bees already embody. See you next week. Thank you for joining us in our Solace and Shine podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it. We would love to hear what inspired you. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are, our online community. You can find the link in the podcast description. Follow the link and you will receive two weeks for free. See you soon. And don't forget, soften and expand.